2: Music music music, 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 We're back. Hey, everyone, how's it going? You're listening to the Command Zone. I'm your host, Jimmy Wong. How's it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. Haven't seen you in three weeks, Josh. Holy cow. It's crazy.
1: It's good to be back on the mic. How? Where were you? I in was. In case people don't know from us uh, talking about uh, it. We've talked about it, or we did talk about it in all the episodes, I think. I was in, well, basically Asia. That's a pretty good. Place I was in be. Korea, Singapore, Vietnam, Cambodia, Thailand, all around those areas. Had a great time. Um, we'll talk about it a little bit more on the end step. I know people, well, we've got a lot of probably new listeners here because we, right. we have something exciting. We have a spoiler, we have a battle for Zendikar spoiler card.
2: Bing, 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 bing. Bing. It's really sweet.
1: I can't wait to talk about it. It's pretty awesome. It's, um, We're going to talk about it later in the episode. If you're here only for that, which I'm sure a lot of you are, (laughs) then you can look in the show notes and we'll put a time code of where you can go to to just listen to that right away. Um, Otherwise, we're going to talk about our main topic and then we'll do the spoiler near the end to keep you all in suspense because that's what good storytellers do.
2: Yeah, that's right. And after that, we're going to talk about your trip to Asia. Right, a little we'll,
1: bit. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll touch on that.
2: So those interested, I, I don't know, all five of you can stick around for that. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm one of them. So all four of you. <laughs> oh, there's only four others there left. You go, yeah. Um, well, just based on all the food you tweeted out, I just want to know about
1: that. It was definitely a food tour. Was a big part of it. Yeah. So We would had some good eats. Singapore was awesome. Um, about the spoiler, one more thing. Oh yeah. Just for those people that haven't skipped forward, uh, all two of you. All two of you. <laughs> the number keeps going down. <laughs> uh, it's a rare land (gasps) a land a land and it's rare and it's playable in all edh decks yeah absolutely it's playable in every single edh deck uh so if that doesn't get you excited i don't know what will
2: i think it's already going to go into probably three decks that i own yeah it's i mean geez
1: yeah at least that many for me too it's it's definitely very very usable yeah um it's pretty cool it's a land i mean it's a land yeah any new lands that you get that are usable are going to be awesome because they don't take a slot in your deck, really. So it's yeah. just like, yeah, you're, it's just net
2: positive for most of your decks. Yep. Again, if you guys want to see that spoiler, uh, it's the time code's in the more info box below. But we're going to talk about some other cool stuff instead because three weeks have gone by. A lot of stuff has happened. Yeah. So... I missed out on like all this crazy
1: awesome stuff. You guys were you were at PAX. Mm-hmm. Uh, at PAX. Tons of announcements got made. Worlds happened. Uh, Battle for Zendikar spoilers everywhere. It's it, very exciting. Yeah, lots of like spoilers, not just of cards, but of like what the new mechanics are, and you mm-hmm. sort of getting an idea
2: for what that set's going to look like. Um, yeah. First off, though, let's talk about the Community Cup, uh, which oh, is happening yeah. this weekend. If you guys are listening to this show right now, we're releasing the show uh, early. Usually we do Tuesdays and Thursdays. Um, but we're release, releasing the show on a Monday, and the Community Cup is happening this weekend. I'm in it. woo Yeah! It's going to be... Uh, representing
1: EDH, baby!
2: Representing, yeah. Me and uh, uh, Staborski are the two EDH players. Um, so yeah, we'll be there uh, Saturday, so the 19th and the 20th on Sunday. So you can just stream all of it on Twitch. Yeah, you should definitely check it out on Twitch, because Jimmy will be
1: part of the team that is kicking the crap out of the Wizards team, we so that so. people on Moto can get... Free something? What are, what do we get? Oh yeah,
2: so if the wizard side wins, every person on Moto gets a Drown in Sorrow from a <laughs>
1: Drown in sorrow because we will all be drowning. Not in sorrow. foil,
2: nothing special, just a regular uncommon. However, if the community team wins, then every person on Moto gets a full set of the John Avon lands from Unhinged, and they're these those beautiful flower lands. So, ooh, that's pretty sick. You get to pimp out your decks just a little bit so they really want the entire community to be rooting for you guys yeah exactly um hopefully they also lose purposely no, i'm just kidding uh play as hard as you can guys please
1: no they try and win i'm sure because they get rubbed in their faces about how they've basically only won a couple of times yeah
2: exactly hopefully so- this will not be one of those times Yeah, don't
1: let that happen, Jimmy. You represent us all, man. I know.
2: Oh, gosh. The pressure is on. The pressure. The
1: pressure. Yeah, Community Cup, very exciting. Make sure to tune into that uh, on the Twitch stream. You can check out that link. will also be in the show notes. Yeah, hopefully they do some uh, multiplayer
2: stuff. That'd be really exciting to see.
1: I know it's too bad something like conspiracy or something like that didn't uh, didn't come out around this time. I mean, my guess is, and and I don't know if they've told you or anything that
2: you'll d- be doing something with. Oh, you haven't heard anything? No, but well, I, I, I'm with you on this guess because
1: yeah, I'm gonna predict there. You guys will get to do at least a pre-release, hopefully like a draft or something for with the Battle for Zendikar stuff.
2: Yeah, because the pre-release happens a week after the Community Cup, and last year's Community Cup they did Cons of Tarkir stuff, so it would follow in tradition to help hype up the new set and. Oh, no, that gives Wizards a a huge edge. Yeah, it does, but on the other side,
1: you're one of the people that's going to be, like, the first introducing the world to the new set in the limited environment. So, come on, that's pretty awesome. Can't wait to punt everything <laughs> just misplays on misplays i'm gonna be there in chat like pointing out every mistake you make.
2: <laughs> You and literally everyone else so yeah hooray um so yeah that'd be really fun uh twitch.tv slash magic you can find all that this weekend uh on the magic twitch channel pax happened pax was huge this year um i'll break it down for you josh because you weren't there unfortunately next year though are you coming yeah i mean I wanted to come this year. It just so happened
1: it didn't work out. So unless something crazy happens, I'm definitely there because it Sweet. looks like so much fun.
2: Yeah, definitely. So this is like the biggest year I think Wizards has ever had at PAX. If you guys don't know, PAX is the Penny Arcade Expo. Penny Arcade is a online webcomic that's been around since... I don't know, like the mid 90s now? I don't know. It's been around. Yeah, about for... as long as anything online has existed. Yeah, it's probably the most famous webcomic, slash, the original sort of big daddy of webcomics. It's the one that spawned almost everything else. Um, and now they have multiple conventions in New York. They have PAX South. PAX Prime is the main one in Seattle. And Wizards had a huge setup this year. They took over an entire building called The Annex, which is across the way from the convention center. You guys probably saw a lot of pictures of this. There was a giant Eldrazi that was like popping out of the front. Uh, crushing a police car. And like, yeah, it was
1: Emrakul, right? was like literally picking up part of a yeah. police car. I don't
2: know if they gave the Eldrazi a name, but it looked like. It looked Emrakul. like the tentacles from yeah, or like Yeah, it could have been like a tiny part of Emrakul. Uh-huh. I'm guessing he's giant. Um, but it was really cool. Uh, inside, they were really focused on teaching new players stuff. The Lady Planeswalker Society was there. Very um, cool. I got to meet Mike and Tifa Robles as well, which was really awesome. Uh, and they were teaching new players how to play. Uh, downstairs and upstairs, they were doing world's coverage. Oh, right, because
1: Worlds happens at PAX. Now it will, yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: from now on. It happened this year at PAX, right? Yeah, I think in the past it happened later in some other month, but they wanted to converge it all at PAX because people can watch it, and it's a great way to bring publicity to the pro scene in a way that's you know organic and fun, and there's so many people running around PAX. I think it was a really effective way of doing it. Another thing I missed yeah it's okay though it's okay they didn't play any edh at worlds for, oh, okay. for whatever reason <laughs> for whatever reason yeah it was cool seeing marshall and those guys and uh, in bdm and, and everyone just up on the uh, stage broadcasting live because usually they're like hidden in the booth somewhere but this time they were very public and out there so everyone walking by could see them commentate on stuff which is really cool oh that's awesome yeah if you wanted to play magic you could do rise of the odrazi flashback drafts you drafted oh, rise, right oh
1: that's my favorite draft format uh, it's a lot of and, and I learned it was on Moto again while I was gone. So, two more things I missed.
2: <laughs> it's okay. You experienced the beauty of Asia. Yeah, that's true. Um, I played in two and I tanked both in the first round. It sucked. I lost uh, Have one. Have you drafted Rise much? I, I did it twice before I went to uh, PAX because uh. I was like, oh, I want to train. And I three-0'd one draft and two-one the other one. So, oh, so like, you oh, thought I'm... you're good. Yeah. It turns out Eldrazi Conscription is a card. Uh, yeah. And so is Aura Narlid and uh, yep. I was not equipped. or Gnarle is a whole deck. Yeah, yeah, that's a whole deck. Yeah. I had three narcolepsies in my deck too, and I was I just never just drew one. It. Yeah, yeah, it was terrible. I was taking four, and he was drawing off his umbra. I was like, I'm dying. I'm dead. <laughs> um, and they uh, they also did live podcasts for limited resources and drive to work, which is really cool. I didn't get to see those. Um, and then I participated in the thing on Saturday where you get uh, p- people could line up to play against like me or Will Wheaton or any like members from the R and D team, and they oh, would cool. play. A deck from Battle for Zendikar, so an allies deck, a red-green landfall deck, or a mono-white sort of weenie deck.
1: Were these decks like 100% cards from Battle for
2: Zendikar, or did they just have a few I think it was a you know Melissa Dator put an article up cuz she did help design the decks uh-huh. and uh, I think it was a good mix. Um, I am not sure cuz a lot of the cards they could be reprints so you don't yeah, always know. Yeah and, and a lot of them were also like Nest Invader was in the deck that I used and and the new if you guys have read the new Eldrazi tokens are 1/1s one instead of 0/1s. So Nest Invader you probably isn't in the set. Probably not. But we yeah. can't say for sure. Yeah, we can't say for sure. I'm not we're not entirely sure. So uh we built we played like a black green Eldrazi deck against all these kids and people and people that are lined up it was really fun i got beat by a little kid it was was it jack landis no but his name was little j oh so marshall knew him quite well oh really and he was yeah he crap talked me i was like oh man.
1: he did he talked trash to you yeah well awesome. he just
2: had like so much confidence going in i was like that's how you be a good player as a child was he, did he flick 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 the car oh, really he was fast flicking faster i than... wonder if it was jack although no jack would have introduced himself yeah i, I would have seen if it was jack um it was cool. There was the giant magic announcement thing with Mark Rosewire that was hosted by Will Wheaton and Ashley Birch. The magic party. Lots of good stuff. We should say it's pretty cool that Ashley was involved because she's mm-hmm. a rocket jumper. Yeah, that's right. She's going to be very prominently featured in the Hulu show for Rocket
1: Jump. Yeah, if too. you have not checked it out, you should go to rocketjump.com. They've got a big show coming out on Hulu. It's called Rocket Jump The Show.
2: <laughs> very uh, very original title. Yeah, right? it's a
1: bunch of shorts, a bunch of um, Rocket Jump sort of... Their patented move is to make a, a sort of effects-driven, action-driven, comedy-driven shorts, mm. and then those usually come out on their YouTube channel, uh, but the show is actually those shorts preceded by a sort of documentary yep. about how they made the shorts, so it's very cool. Uh, I've seen most of the shorts oh, really? at this cool. point. Yeah, they're very funny. They're really great. They're big. The 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 budgets for a lot of these just seem to be bigger than even a lot of the stuff on the the and yeah. channel, so... As a side note, definitely go check out the trailer for the show is out or the teaser, maybe not the trailer mm-hmm. yet. Uh, and
2: you should be anxiously anticipating the show because it looks sweet. Yeah, I'll, I'll put all the links and stuff uh, in in the. And um, Jimmy is even makes an appearance. I make an appearance. Yeah, in in one of the shorts. <laughs> my favorite short, I think, is that one. one <laughs> it's it's a one good of one. my two favorites. I think it's a good one.
1: Yes. I actually the one that the main one that Ashley's in is is my probably my favorite. Yeah,
2: I will actually I'll agree with that too. And she directed that one.
1: Yeah, she's a really good director. She, did she direct a couple of them? No, just
2: that just one. Just that one, and she's... it was the first time she directed something really? on that scale as well. Yeah, so. yeah,
1: she did an amazing job
2: Bang then up because job. Yeah. yeah. So
1: super talented, super excited to have her be part of
2: the Magic World at least a little bit. Yeah, uh, at PAX
1: that was exciting to see.
2: All, all, we'll give her an EDH deck and introduce her to the fray. Maybe we'll see. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, if she's going to be up there in front of people
2: representing it, we should get some more people, uh, you know, involved with Commander in there. Heck yeah! Um, oh, Worlds. So Worlds was twenty-four players, the best players in the world competing at PAX. Um, they did Modern Masters drafts. They did uh, they played Modern Standard and Origins drafts as well. Seth Manfield won the whole thing, fifty thousand dollars. Fifty K. Fifty K. Wow, he has a newborn baby too, so it was very fitting that. So he
1: he, he earned about one sixth of that kid's
2: college education. <laughs> yeah, he earned about a semester and a half. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Yeah, um, so got that was it. really. So cool So he's to just got to win worlds like five more times. It's, that's college. That's pretty good. Shahar Shannar did two years in a row. Seth can just you know triple that. Yeah, you can just rattle it off. No, no, prob- no problem. Yeah, there's there's no variance involved in that. <laughs> um. So the Magic Announcements was sweet. They spoiled tons of stuff. Um, there's like the new Gideon, the new Ulamog. Uh, we know that the uh, main mechanics of Balfour's end the card now are Landfall, which is returning. So whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, it does something. Rally, whenever a card that has an ally or that card or another ally enters the battlefield, something happens. Ingest, which is definitely the new one. That's sort of, the, sort new, of the big, splashy new one. Yeah, it's the new Eldrazi thing. Because before it was <clears> Annihilator, <throat> and that was kind of busted. Um, it meant you had to sacrifice permanents equal to the Annihilator number when the creature attacks.
1: Yeah, Annihilator was very powerful, but it in it felt like once
2: somebody activated Annihilator one time you couldn't win anymore. So yeah. there was no coming back. It Unless wasn't... you had like a bunch of lands to sacrifice. But even then, like a giant eight eight coming at you is kind of That's hard bad to enough. Realize. And if yeah. you also have to
1: sack two permanents, it's just like really hard. So uh how's ingest work exactly?
2: It's So whenever the creature deals combat damage, uh, you exile the top card of your library. I think we have yet to see if if the ingest will come with a number, like ingest five, you know, or if it'll just I know say, there are
1: some that say exile the top four cards of your library or yeah, something. Yeah, Ulamog
2: so. exiles the top 20 cards whenever he hits you, which is pretty intense. Actually, actually I think it's just when he attacks. Anyway, Annihilator was whenever you attacked, and ingest, usually I think you have to deal the actual combat damage, which uh-huh. is a little different because it means then... It's not always going to connect necessarily, which is kind of cool.
1: Yeah, it's it's when uh, Ulamog attacks. So we're, uh, we should say we're not going to go through and read all these cards because we don't want to ruin our set review, which will yes. come out the week after the pre-release uh, when all the cards have been spoiled. So we're just going to talk in general terms about some of the exciting things. Um, a
2: lot of new Planeswalkers. Yeah, a lot of new planeswalkers. Everyone, I think uh, Ob Nixless is back, and he's taking the place of Liliana because she's not on this realm at this time. So,
1: are there going to be five? Because we know there's. I think there's ki- going to be five. Kiora's is representing two colors. That's true. So I don't know how that throws a wrench in the system because Gideon's there. So we've got white, black, green, and blue. Are we going to have a red one, or are they going to leave it at that? They don't always cover all the bases for
2: planeswalkers every set. So Oath of the Gatewatch is the uh, is the second half of the uh, set. Uh, the block oh that's the name for the the second yeah and there are pictures of Nyssa Jace Gideon and Chandra so those should be in the sets maybe not this one necessarily but but in the block at least yeah
1: interesting yeah Kiora was she throws a little monkey wrench in there because of the two color thing I don't know
2: yeah, I'm interested to see what's going to happen. I know for a fact that they're going to do... I think they want to do five in general per set. I think that's the pattern that Wizards uh-huh. wants to keep up. Interesting. Very interesting indeed. Um, converge is the last new mechanic. You're going to like this one. It matters how many colors you use to spend on a on like a card. So if you spend five colors to cast a five CMC spell... The converge cost is five, and something yes. magical happens with
1: five. Yes, I um I saw a couple of these cards, and I was like immediately going into Chromat and every five color deck that I have. Yeah, uh, there's an interesting sort of tutor type card. Um, yeah, this mechanic is very, well, I think it's
2: awesome. It's very joshy, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, actually,
1: there's one more mechanic though. Oh yeah, you're right. It's awaken, awaken. So uh, there'll be a spell, and then it'll have an awaken cost, so an alternative cost similar to an overload cost. Or something like that. So if you pay the awakened cost, then it it puts a bunch of 1-1 counters onto one of your lands, and that land becomes a creature in addition to being a land.
2: Which is kind of cool. Um, it's definitely going to be see a lot of standard play, I think, because when you have, just have extra man to dump, these cards just become better because now they can do a second thing, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly. And they are so in the flavor of Zendikar, you're bringing your land to life, and it's going to start to fight. Yeah on your side so uh, flavor win definitely seems like a powerful mechanic yeah certainly Uh, i don't know if it's usable in edh yet but
2: all very cool very exciting things i think they will be if the main effect is powerful enough and you have the extra mana because you definitely always have extra mana in edh yeah and
1: you might as well just make a 4-4 or whatever
2: yeah um there's gonna be a new art book for zendikar which is kind of cool you can pre-order it on amazon right now actually it's like 35 bucks 99 cents that's uh Although no book promos. Back in the day, wizards would include. If there was a mana vault in there, <laughs> the best book promo of all time. Yeah, then I would go ahead and buy fifty-seven thousand of those books. Even if it was just a set of the full art lands from the, you know, from Zendikar. Oh totally yeah, buy let's it talk about the full art lands. Yeah, there's new full art lands. They're actually reprinting some of the art, I think. Um, but they'll have the new border, or yeah, whatever. new border and stuff, and they new look font beautiful. They look so cool. I'm super excited.
1: I know you're excited cuz you're like Mr. foil full art land guy.
2: I am Mr. foil full art land. I will totally first pick a foil full art land in a pack over a card that's good and limited if I'm drafting this set. <laughs> um, if
1: it's Ulamog or a foil full art land?
2: Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> Ulamog's s- pretty good. <laughs> but he's not foil. I know, right? He's not foil. If it was a foil Ulamog, sure, but I'll take that land probably. <laughs> I mean, those lands from the other other set are like all ten to fifteen dollars now, so they are they, up there.
1: It I mean even the just the non the foils. I mean they make aren't the non foils still worth like a buck or something? Mm-hmm.
2: They're all worth a dollar. So
1: I mean it makes every pack just like automatically worth something because in yeah. three or four years down the line, like those those lands are gonna be worth something.
2: Yeah, and there is a new set of uh, lands in the in the set. I'll just read one of them. Prairie Stream uh, it enters the battlefield tapped unless you control two or more basic lands, and they all tap for two different colors, um, which is really cool. They're all the allied colors.
1: They're the allied or the enemy colors?
2: Uh, allied. White-blue, blue-black, black-red, red-green, green-white.
1: Oh, so there's five?
2: There's five of those, and there's also mm-hmm. going to be five uh, enemy-colored ones. So there's ten total lands that cover both sides. Oh, okay. So every color pairing is available in these lands correct okay so it's a little complicated so there's a set of five lands that care about basic lands and whether or not you have them and if it comes into the battlefield tapped, and then there's a set of five other rare lands that are the enemy colors and are the quote-unquote man lands that people have been talking about
1: oh i got you so there's a man land cycle and then there's this other cycle that checks if you have two basic lands yep and if you do, then it comes in untapped. And if you don't, then it comes in tapped.
2: Yeah, and you've seen this on Twitter. People are arguing about the name. Okay, so
1: bit. yeah. So these lands that, that want you to have two basic lands in play already, this is a big debate on Twitter right now, which I walked into the middle of the other day because I didn't know what was going on. it's totally got pointless back from, debate, by the way. It's just yeah. like, who cares? Well, <laughs> they're trying to
2: decide what to call them. Yeah. And so there's been a whole bunch of names thrown out um tango lands was the first big one because it takes two to tango uh-huh so having two basic lands etc but then people are like well if you don't live in america or the u.s you're not really going to know what that means and also it doesn't roll off the tongue it's two syllables all the other ones are like
1: bounce land yep check land Shockland. pain land yeah. shock land those are one syllable man land that's a one syllable thing yeah i agree um the professor from Tularan Community College uh he w- he was championing landlands <laughs> land, land. which he says started out as a joke but now he actually
2: thinks it's good that's actually pretty good
1: <laughs> the landlands i just think it's a good idea but it'll get confusing
2: yeah it'll get very confusing um <laughs> that's hilarious though. wedge that.
1: was saying wedge from the Mana Source was saying he wanted them to be battlelands
2: okay cuz it's Battle for
1: the i guess so but you know in 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 two or three like when someone's playing modern in three years, it'll be weird calling them battle lands because they don't have anything to do with battling. Yeah, that feels like a man land kind of. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, also totally. got the two syllable problem.
2: How about just basic lands because they care about basics?
1: Yeah, but we already have basic lands. They're called forest, swamp, and island. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I had a good one. Oh yeah. You ready? I want to call them the
2: had lands. Had lands because you have to have because if you played it out, you already had lands. <laughs> Well, and it cares if you have
1: specific lands. Maybe
2: too. they should be have lands.
1: Have lands? Ooh, have lands, not bad. That's not bad. Yeah, the have lands.
2: Um, another big thing about these lands is that they all say the words Plains Island on them or Island Swamp. Oh, that is actually huge because you can fetch them. You can fetch them, yeah, totally. So. And a lot
1: of cards actually in Magic's past say go find a forest card. Mm -hmm. Uh, They don't say basic forest. The fetch lands
2: say that as well. Go find a forest. But
1: even there's creatures uh, like I think Wood Elves and some other ones say things like that. So that's actually a huge uh, distinction.
2: It's going to make standard land building really interesting because now you can get these out, but they come into play tapped, whereas before you could only get a regular basic land with a fetch land. True.
1: And besides screw standard, it's going to be awesome for
2: us. Yeah, it's going to be awesome for us. These are the lands that I think are perfect for EDH. Because we don't, we're not all of us are running around running a billion dual lands with different you know
1: li- yeah it's really expensive to get a hold of shock lands and dual lands are hundred dollars plus so yeah. this these can do similar things um, the downside is they're not going to be great in five color because they want you to have two basic lands right already. but in terms of being able to but fetch a three color deck yeah
2: they're great the fact that you can fetch out for instance if you're looking for a forest you can get cinderglade and canopy vista depending on what your mana base is is really important totally and. You know, if you have it in your opening hand, you can still play
1: it turn one and it comes mm-hmm. into play tapped. But if you don't have a one-drop, it doesn't matter anyway. Yeah. So they're very, very good. Uh, I'm excited. I, everybody knows I love lands. So these are great. Now let's talk about the man lands.
2: Yeah, the man really lands. Although here. we were talking to Brian David Marshall. And yeah. And he, uh, because man lands is gendered, gender bias. And there's no reason that these lands are man or not. You know, it's just they become a blue elemental creature or a black elemental creature, you know. So he was, uh, he was a proponent of the idea of... Uh, Folklands. Folklands, yeah, which I thought was kind of cool because it had like a story behind it. Um, yeah, so they haven't spoiled all of these yet. There's Shambling Vent and Lumbering Falls. These are the enemy colors, so blue and green or white and black. And they all have they, – they come into the battlefield tapped. There's no way around There's that. There's no way around that, yeah. But you can pay a certain amount of mana. Uh, usually it is actually going to be in the colors that the land taps for. So you'd need both of the colors
1: – and then sometimes some colorless? Correct. Gotcha. Although
2: technically you can tap itself to add that mana because you don't need to tap it to become this But then it can't creature. attack or anything. Yeah, it just becomes... I don't know why you would do that. Um, but they all become different creatures with different relevant abilities to the colors. So the black-white land becomes a 2-3 white and black elemental creature with lifelink. That's pretty good. Yeah, and then the green-blue one becomes a, a hexproof creature. So seems like it's really cool. It's a great way to... Use mana when you don't have stuff and it's a great way to also play something that will help you over throughout the whole game in more ways than one.
1: Yeah. And and the fact that they also tap for both colors yeah is very powerful. We have a lot of lands like these already existing and they see a lot of play in different decks. So these yeah, are like just Celestial
2: gonna... Colonnade is like a huge one that's on the play.
1: So these are just gonna be more in that toolbox. It's it's pretty cool. Uh very excited. It's about they all these like... lands. I mean, I love lands just in general. So just yeah. more lands are awesome.
2: Yeah. And these are great just as like chump blockers if you ever need to.
1: If you ever have to, you can just, well, I can save myself. And, you know, people yeah. forget about them too. So a lot oh, of yeah, times totally. they'll think they're swinging in to kill you. And that'll make them do something that leaves them maybe a little more open. And you go, ha, huh, turn my, my thing into a guy. Sucker. Block. What you going to do? And now I can crack back and kill you or something. Yeah.
2: Yeah. All right, here's the most exciting part of the announcement.
1: This is a little bit crazy.
2: Yeah, it's uh, Wizards has decided to insert random $100 bills into packs. (laughs) In the form of? In the form of Expeditions. Zendikar Expeditions, premium mythic rares. So they're all foil, they're all mythic rare, and it's about the same level rarity as a foil mythic, which happens like once every two, three boxes, I think. Yeah, I think...
1: um... Yeah, I think you're right, because one every nine packs is a mythic, and then a foil mythic is, like, one every 72. I don't know. There's some math that says, like, basically every two boxes or every two and a half boxes or something.
2: Wizards has essentially said, look, we are going to reprint all the fetch lands and all the shock lands. We're just going to do it at a very top-level rarity. They're all going to be worth a ton if you ever open one, but they're not going to be widely available, so it's not going to destroy prices either. This shows a lot
1: of different things, I think. Yeah. Um, So it's an indicator of a lot of stuff. It's pretty interesting. Um, First of all, if you didn't follow along before, the Zendikar Fetchlands not being reprinted in this set was sort of a hot-button issue uh, about three weeks ago, right before I left, because they're very expensive and they're only continuing to grow in price
2: and they and, shot up once people heard that they weren't going to be reprinted.
1: Because they're used in all the Eternal formats, and them not being available, and not being printed here means when are they going to be printed. So now we're learning that they're going to sort of print them at that, at this rarity. How long is this going to go on for, did they say?
2: Uh, it's definitely going to be in these next two sets. Uh, next, so so this you guys block? Remember, yeah, this block. So... They're going to reprint in, the, in Battle for card There are going to be 25 of them they are going to be reprinted. Two sets of 10 and then one set of 5. And the two sets of 10 are going to be all of the fetch lands, all of the shock lands, and then all of the new 5 um, have lands. I guess we'll call them now.
1: The have lands. I,
2: I, I like it. It makes a lot of sense. You have to have lands in play. So, oh, okay, so the Havlens were a
1: part of the expeditions. Yeah, so they're a part they're of the expeditions as But they're also foil mythics?
2: Yeah, exactly. Are they the, full art? They are all full art. I mean, Whoa. they're kind of full art. If you look at them, they're, they're like three-quarter three art. Three-quarters full art, yeah. There's been a lot of like, what the heck, why don't you just make them full full art and we can figure out the text ourselves. That never works. That never works, yeah. Um, it's interesting because those are definitely way less value than opening like a scalding tarn foil, you know? Yeah, and you have an equal chance to open one of the
1: havelands that you do a Scalding Tarn, but the Scalding Tarn is just going to be worth 150 bucks. Yeah,
2: technically you have a 10 out of 25 chance to open a Scalding one of the OG fetch lands, and then but one might be a Flooded Strand, which is not worth as much as yeah, the, exactly. Yeah. But so what? They're, so what? I this agree. is
1: not taking a slot from anything else. Mm-hmm. This is just added value they're putting in that they don't have to. Yep. So pretty interesting, pretty cool. Uh, yeah, it's, it's gonna,
2: really cool.
1: It, it'll be interesting to see if they keep this up. Because if it's just for this this block, I can't see... Like, you're not adding very many to the world.
2: Yeah. And it's only very specifically these lands, too. I mean, I I can't think of any other... Like, what would they do for the next expedition? You know? Like, what's the next 10-card cycle? But would it make sense to continue doing this expedition thing for the
1: block after Zendikar? Because it feels like Zendikar's a a block about lands. Mm -hmm. And so you can get away with this. But if you do the next block and you're going back to Innistrad... Not not predicting, just saying, as an example... Um, would it make sense to do that? I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, yeah.
2: It would be interesting to see if they just choose the very high-value targets and just choose to reprint, like, I don't know, Grizzle Brands, I guess. I can't think just of... See, it snap. Snap, yeah. Snapcaster Mage, Lily, specifically. It'll be interesting to see what they do. But they're not going to be able t- to find 25 cards like that. Yeah, maybe it'll be 10 cards or 5 even. Who knows? But all I know this for sure. Wizards loves to make their fall set the biggest-selling set, and they're going to do it again. Yeah, I mean... I'm You're already thinking about buying like lands. two
1: cases of this now because full art lands mm-hmm. by themselves make it probably worth it. And now you've got a chance at FOIL fetch lands. Jeez. Foil full art, quote unquote, fetch lands. Yeah. This I, I can't imagine the prices of these packs aren't gonna be astronomical in four years or so.
2: Yeah, these have to go up unless you know, save a zombie apocalypse happening and no one playing magic anymore.
1: But then who cares? You didn't need that money either. That's true.
2: And you can just hide away in your apartment and draft it all yeah. instead.
1: Unless you're like Seth Manfield and you have to pay for a college education in about <laughs> like seventeen years, uh, then do not buy then, eight cases. Yeah. Of this. yeah. Although maybe actually, if you let's say he spent all fifty k on boxes of Battle for Zendikar, by the them. time she's
2: eighteen or he is a he, boy or girl, I, I don't know. I didn't research that far into it. <laughs> by the time,
1: uh, by the time the child is eighteen, Holy how crap. much? Is, that 50K is probably worth 300K. That's a brilliant idea. Unless something happens and the
2: game falls apart and then it's worth zero. (laughs) But then you can tell your kid, like, look, I took a risk... I did what I had to do. So I'm sorry, but you have to go get a job in a coal mine now. <laughs> coal, yeah, because that will be around in 20 years.
1: Yeah, yeah, interesting. <laughs> All right, so um, what we've learned here is Josh is not a very good financial um, <laughs> analyst.
2: You're a financial analyst, <laughs> <laughs> more like a gambler. So don't listen to me. Yeah, definitely a gambler. Um, anyway, this is really exciting. Uh, I think. I mean, I can I, I know for sure Reddit's going to be full of like, look what I pulled, and it's going to be a sweet misty rainforest foil and all I'm the I'm going to be so excited for those people because it'll never be me. <laughs> it'll be you. You always pull stuff. Maybe. I don't know. You're going to buy uh, eight cases. I'm you're not going to probably... open any no, of that's them. That's true.
1: Yeah, you always crack open the packs so you will have more chances and also you're way luckier than I am. I can't, I, wait. Have that luck streak. I can't wait until you open the Scalding Tarn. It's going to be sweet. <laughs> it's going to be super I'm sweet. I'm rooting for you, dude. I'm rooting for myself too, guys. Uh, let's talk about something
2: weird here because it, it springs to my mind. Like, How does this work with legality? Does, are they all standard legal? Then? They are not standard legal. They're the, in their own separate sets. They're only legal in the sets that currently have these cards. So they're so, just legal as they are now. Legal as they are, it's yeah. It's almost as if they're not in the packs and you got them
1: someplace else. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, got it. So if you do crack one open in a in a draft, you can play it. Oh, it's legal in the limited. Legal in limited because it doesn't really affect it that much. That's true. It's okay. a fetch land, you know. It's a shock land. It'll
1: help I, fix your man a little bit. Yeah. I rarely played my fetch lands in cons. Uh, yeah. yeah, me neither. I would just take it and be like, "All right, I'm okay. taking my twenty dollar bill, but I'm not yeah. gonna play it." Yeah. <laughs>
2: Hopefully, this will come into play, but I don't really care because the power level's not that high anyway.
1: So what we're really setting up for is some sort of huge conspiracy at a finals in a GP when somebody takes a foil scal- scalding tarn over that card that could be good in their deck.
2: Yep. It's going to be uh it's going to be Charmogate all over again. Yeah, but it'll be Scalding the... Gate. Scalding Gate. Tarn Gate. It'll be Tarn Scalding yeah, Scalding Tarnogate. Misty Gate. Misty Gate. I like Misty Gate. I like Havlands. Havlands too. Yeah. Can we do it? Can we petition? Can we do it, everybody? Havlands. If you agree with Havlands, send us a tweet at CommandCast, uh, and we'll see what kind of momentum we can get going for it.
1: Yeah, and just start tweeting out about Havlands.
2: Yeah, just even in completely non-contextual, like, man, dinner was
1: great tonight. Havlands. That's awesome. <laughs> Hashtag Havlands. Just randomly on your Twitter feed or your Facebook, just... Post a picture of one of the Havlands and just hashtag Havlans. Yeah,
2: or Hadlands. Which one? Everyone, you. Th- I think Havlands has a better ring to it. I think though. so. T- I think had so is too. A t- like
1: and it makes more it. sense. If you want to play it, you have to already have lands.
2: Yeah. Well, you can still play it. It just won't. You know. Yeah. If you want it to be good, <laughs> you don't want it to be a guild gate. Oh yeah, it's just a nice rare guild gate. Otherwise, um, anyway, there are tons of Alphas and the card spoilers. You guys can check them out by just going and visiting the sites that have them uh devoid is cool the new uh creature type they're colorless but they have colored mana symbols on them and there are a lot of cards that are colorless matters cards
1: oh yeah i saw this so it will cost like two and two black but it'll say devoid Mm -hmm. and so therefore the creature costs black mana but it's
2: actually a colorless creature it is devoid of color does that mean
1: that iona doesn't stop it
2: It i think so yeah i think think they will get around because you can't Cast spells of that That, color. color, Yeah, and she can't name colorless. Oh, man.
1: Are there any kill spells that are...
2: There is one. It's really good. It's called Titan's Presence. It's an uncommon. Okay, read it. Read it. This is going to see play. This is by far my favorite card out of the entire set so far. It's going to see play everywhere. Okay. It's a three drop. Uh As an additional cost to cast Titan's Presence, reveal a colorless creature card from your hand. Okay. So it could be Ulamog. It could also be one of these colorless, devoid creatures.
1: What's the casting cost? Uh, Three. Three and what?
2: just that's it three colorless Oh, okay cool exile target creature if its power is less than or equal to the revealed card's power
1: that's hard with the iona though she's like a 8 8 or something <laughs> yeah that's true i mean you have to like do <laughs> it Ulamog. has to be a or Blight but Steel i mean or something. like this that's card still a is sweet yeah, yeah
2: it's a kill it's a kill card for three colorless mana you if you have any of these colorless like a lot of these cards are all like four or five or whatever like exile a creature with four power like that's insane
1: that uh, seems pretty good. It also can go in the mono decks in EDH. Yeah. That And maybe help us with this Iona problem because they wanted to reprint her twice.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's also this thing called Hedron Network, which is a four-drop artifact. And when it enters the battlefield, exile all creatures with power five or greater.
1: Oh, as long there as you go. On the
2: battlefield. So that's an Iona killer. There you go. I like how we're just focusing on what can kill Iona. Well, <laughs> just,
1: there's just this influx of them right now. So And also colorless that's one of the first things i think of
2: oh i got you something from pax actually i should give it to I, you
1: i got you something from korea
2: oh snap i should
1: give it to you but i'll give it to you tomorrow it, night when is we it play bibimbap no but the bibimbap was really oh good God. <laughs> it's nothing we have really good korean food actually in LA. in la yeah uh it's actually maybe the best place besides korea for korean food in the world um
2: but our bibimbap is not even close to
1: as good as theirs, and I don't know why. Our Korean barbecue is as good. You know, good.
2: I think there is, and we'll talk more about this on the end set. But water affects how rice is cooked. Uh, and I bet they just have better water and better cooking techniques for rice. Definitely possible because our water sucks in LA. Yeah, people actually import water for bagel shops here. Yeah, especially from insane. New York. Yeah, especially from New cause York because people want those New York bagels. Okay, that All was right. a cool side note. <laughs> um, oh, fat packs. You this buy is a interesting. Fat pack. Valfranz and the car. The package of lands is all going to be full art land. What? Yeah, it was the same in Zendikar as well. They didn't confirm it until like a couple of weeks ago. I didn't hear this. Every single fat pack is going to increase in value by like $15, $20. Okay, hold on. Immediately. Uh, let's
1: rewind to the part where I said I was going to buy like
2: eight cases. <laughs> I'm just going to take that amount.
1: Hey, Seth Manfield, I changed my mind. All fat packs. All fat packs. All fat packs. Because you
2: guarantee you get all those sweet lands and you get the boosters. How many lands come in a fat pack? 50? I think it's about 50, 10 yeah. of
1: each? I Listen, we did not fact check that, so whatever it is, and you're yelling at us if it's not fifty, it's around fifty. That's fifty bucks, yeah, at least. Well, right now, be no, but I mean, in a couple years, exactly. Like, full art lands are just they have they have value. We we know this. Yeah. Uh. Wow.
2: Pretty sweet, right?
1: Pretty awesome. I'm actually very excited. I need to go pre order like a million fat packs. Yep. I hope they'll sell for MSRP still.
2: You know, you can just go to Target, Walmart, all those places sell for MSRP no matter what. Yeah, that's Online, a good Online, you're a going good to point. find harder prices.
1: Please check your LGS first and yes. see what their prices are. And I think you are. we like to support our LGSs because you can't go play the game at Target. So if you go and buy all your stuff at Target and not your local gaming store, that's going to put your local gaming store out of business. Yeah. And then where are you going to go play Magic? But I think you're justified in doing it if the LGS is jacking the price on the stuff because you can't Or act- if
2: they sell out, which I think a lot of them will. Yeah, so... so. All right. Target. Good tip. Good tip. Target, Walmart, any place that sells cards for MSRP. All right. Oh, another announcement outside of all the Sweet and Alpha the stuff. Everyone's like, just talk about your spoiler already. Yeah, spoiler. <laughs> Give me the spoiler. It's like, come on, guys. We're only 37 <laughs> minutes and we're fine. Uh, there's a new prize structure for GPs. There's a new prize structure? Mm-hmm. Is it like more money? More money. First place gets
1: $10,000. Look at that. Yeah. Wait a minute. This is directly because of
2: Goifgate, right? I, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I feel like Wizards has been thinking about doing this kind of thing for a while, and everyone's like, "Hey, did you guys see the Dota two tournament where they gave away eighty million? Like, you know, like yeah, wins? yeah." So I think it 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 all kind of is adding to the... And the Goyfgate thing
1: was a lot about like, well, of course he's doing that because winning the tournament isn't even worth that much money. Yeah,
2: exactly. So...
1: at 10 grand. You know, Dota 2 did like 20 million. We're at 10 grand.
2: It's It's also going to make GPs way bigger, which is exciting. Although, let's be fair, Dota 2 doesn't do that tournament like every
1: weekend. Yeah. And there's a GP.
2: (laughs) There's multiple GPs sometimes. Yeah. uh, On the same weekend. I think the big thing was that they could afford it. They just hadn't been increasing the prize payouts. And they are finally taking steps towards that. And every single place past that gets more money too. So it's great. That's awesome. Yeah. And you get like 250 bucks of the GPs, 3000 people are bigger and you're like 50th place and stuff. So like even placing not as high as the top eight or whatever, you're going to still going to get a payout, which is kind of sweet. This is going to be really awesome when you or I win a GP. <laughs> <laughs> Insert laughter here. <laughs> uh, speaking of GPs that we can compete in, GPLA is a uh, May 20th to the 22nd, 2016 that we will probably compete in. It's we're definitely there. Yeah, we're definitely there. Whether or not we're playing well <laughs> is to be seen. There's a really
1: good chance I'm there but not even playing in the main event, so Yeah. but there's almost no chance we're not at it.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's going to be May 20th, uh Modern, so for sure Alex Kessler and Ben Bateman should be there. Yep. Um, it's going to be really exciting for them to talk about that as well. So book your trip
1: if you want to come hang out, play some EDH with us for a show. Uh, we, we maybe we'll do some type of gathering. That'd be sweet.
2: That'll be awesome. Um, and then GP Portland, which uh, some of the people have been asking us about, because, my hometown. Yeah, it's the West Coast. Is August twelfth through the fourteenth, and that's standard. None. I want more limited GPS. I actually because I can, sh- play, in yeah, yeah, I can exactly. play in those. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the the investment is way less. These are both in twenty sixteen. Yep. Uh, okay. Cool. Coming up, we're not making a promise, but we'll probably be it. GPLA, GPLA. I would just a
1: shade under promise. It's yeah. like ninety percent that we'll be there.
2: Yeah, unless we're doing something.
1: Like, I don't know what else. Ah, uh, yeah, I
2: don't know what else either. <laughs> I mean, um, I, I could be on a trip somewhere. Yeah, that's true. You could go to Asia. I could go to Asia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fair enough. I like how we're just sitting here, being like, I'm not spoiling the card yet. <laughs> it's on the it's on the outline we're looking at. It's like eh, spoil the card, spoil the card, spoil the card.
1: Okay, let's do it.
2: Let's do it. All right. So we got an awesome exclusive. This is the first time
1: anybody's ever talked about this card publicly. Yes. Jimmy, do the honors.
2: I'm so honored. <laughs> Sanctum of Ugin. U- Ugin, Ooh, is, it's Ugin. Ugin is on the card. He's like like in the background, like looking up epically at a little Hedron floating in front of him.
1: Uh, The MTA, uh,
2: Magic the Amateur, uh, girls would call it Sanctum of Eugene. Eugene, yeah. 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 So would Doc. um, Sanctum of Eugene is a (laughs) land, not a legendary land, just a land that's rare. Uh, You tap it to add one colorless to your mana pool. That's that's it. it. Just kidding. <laughs> Bomb dropped. All right, here's the big one. Whenever you cast a colorless spell with converted mana cost seven or greater, you may sacrifice Sanctum of Ugin. If you do, search your library for a colorless creature card, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. Wow. Wow. So you cast a
1: artifact or otherwise colorless spell that costs seven or more. Mm-hmm. You can even tap the Sanctum of Ugin as part of that mana cost because yes, totally. you can then sacrifice the Sanctum of Ugin. You don't have to tap it to sack it, so it and can it can be your
2: seventh land. And then you tutor for a colorless creature card of any cost. Any cost, which is awesome. You can get Duplicant. You can get Ulamog. Ulamog. Blightsteel Colossus. Yeah. Uh, Memnark. I t- made a list of colorless spells. Since no, Mem- C7. Yeah, 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 Memnark, Memnark counts, yeah, counts. Yeah, I think so. Uh, cuz he doesn't cost Oh, it's only man. the Yeah, it's only the EDH rule that makes him blue. It's not actually yeah. the rule. Yeah. So, uh Akroma's Memorial will trigger this. Oh, All his dust one. will trigger this. Oh, which is cool. Everyone oh, sacks everything and then you get to play your giant thing whenever you've searched out, you know. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, Blightsteel Colossus of course will trigger this. Yeah, um Ulamog. Ulamog, uh yeah. Karn Liberated, the uh Planeswalker. Uh, will Ugin? Ugin will do it as well. Uh, Those are all cards that are played in a lot of decks. Yeah, Spine of Ish-Saw will do it oh. as well. That was included in all the, a lot of the Commander of 2015 decks, or 2014. Uh, Platinum Angel. Oh, Can't geez. lose the game, and you get something sweet. <laughs> this card just seems really good. Yeah, Memnarch, Eldrazi Conscription, Elbrus the Binding Blade. Uh, all of the Eldrazi, pretty much, will we'll trigger this.
1: This just seems really, really good.
2: Yeah, it's it's awesome. It's just like a land that will always... just free value.
1: Free value, yeah. And it, the only the opportunity cost is just so low Mm -hmm. you know it still taps for a colorless it doesn't even come into play tapped
2: yeah yeah
1: so there's just not much cost associated with just replacing one of your lands with it i mean maybe in a five Five color color deck deck, even then i would do it because you're usually fine on colors in a five color deck as long as you just
2: run mostly you know and the the level of things that can tutor out are all very powerful in general like super powerful creatures are all amazing all all those things Steel you, you mentioned
1: besides all his dust and Karn and Ugin mm-hmm. are creatures. Oh, yeah. I guess Karn liberated. Yeah, um, you could do the yeah, the original Karn. Yeah, I, think, but uh, I don't know if you. No, I think enough. he doesn't. Yeah. Oh no, you can tutor for any casting for cost. Correct. So Correct. you can actually tutor
2: for. A creature that costs You can play Karn Liberated and find the original card. <laughs> just to be like, what's up now? Yeah, although I don't know if the Legendary Rule makes you sacrifice one. I don't think it does, actually. You just wait till one dies. You, it go, goes to your hand, so. Yeah, exactly. Um, if it put it into the battlefield, that would be insane. I think that would actually be on the... the it'd be totally broken. It'd be broken, yeah. <laughs> it's already pretty sweet. Yeah. Tutors, as we know, very powerful in very our powerful. format. Tutors on the land that tap for mana that come into play untapped. That's amazing. That's just pure upside. Yeah. That's great. I, I can't imagine, yeah, not running this in a lot of decks. Maybe
1: not every deck, but a lot.
2: Yeah. And there's just so many good things you can do with this. Like if you cast, does Kozilek draw you cards? you you card, right? Yeah. So or- you can cast Kozalik and in response to the trigger of him making you draw cards, you sacrifice this, find the card, guarantee that you're not going to draw it in those top four, and then you draw the cards off it. Seems like, good. There's just lots of cool stuff you can do here. Like five cards off Kozalik now instead of four or whatever. Um, even just grabbing a Memnark is amazing.
1: <laughs> yeah, just tutoring for whatever you need in that moment. Um, yeah,
2: I really like all is dust plus this because you you really set yourself up for a really strong board presence and you pull out a bunch of stuff. We've
1: already seen a whole bunch of cards in battle for Zendikar that are colorless. Yep that that either trigger this or you can go get off of it utility creatures and things like that.
2: Yeah, I'm really excited to see uh, the other colorless creatures sort of get spoiled here because um, there's the Void Winnower, which you can grab and also triggers this. It's a new Adrazi that's just insane.
1: It's insane. Yeah. Look it up. We'll talk about it in our set review. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, Sanctum of Ugin. It looks like it's here to stay. Yep.
2: and it looks like just, even if it doesn't make it into every deck, if you have a deck with three or four more possible targets for this, feels like it's totally worth it. Especially if you're playing like an artifact-based deck or it's just something that is able to cast large colorless creature cards or Mm -hmm. colorless whatever cards. I mean,
1: there's a cool list you put down. Um, So many of these are just in decks. Yeah, Mere Battlespheres in there. Mm -hmm. Pentavus.
2: Colossus of Akros I love. I think that card's in Overperformer.
1: Just Artisan of Kozalak. Wow.
2: Yeah, this card seems good. Just Ulamog's
1: Crusher will do it. I mean, I have that in a couple of decks.
2: Yeah, and I guarantee you it's not really going to see too much playing standard and all that. You never know. You never know, um, because Ugin is a card that gets played. Actually, you know what? I could see this being in control decks easily.
1: My prediction is that they made a set with a bunch of giant Eldrazi in it. They're going to want to see those on camera at the Pro Tour. They're going to have designed this set so that you can play these big, huge things. I bet this card sees some play. Uh,
2: Unless Red Deck wins just takes the day, because everyone's trying to play nine drops. Yeah, that's a good point. (laughs) (laughs) They'll,
1: they'll, They'll put something in the set that takes care of Red Deck, or at least gives you a shot.
2: Yeah. Jimmy's dust effect.
1: Jimmy the Red. Just what? what? Just calm down. Just just,
2: just simmer down over there. Simmer down there, Mr. Red. <laughs> Jeez, let, let a guy dream. That's true. I would actually I love Red, but I would w- totally want to just play this and use it in a game. It would be amazing. It would be amazing. It Somebody be amazing. will. Somebody will, yeah, Somebody for sure. For sure, for sure. They, they probably won't be in the finals of that tournament, <laughs> but in round three or four, they'll do it. Yeah. Sanctum of Ugin. Uh Eugene is back. He's in his sanctum. He's summoning something totally sweet. Whenever you cast a giant colorless card with converted man cost seven or greater. Very cool.
1: Uh, You can see the... What we'll do is we'll post the picture of the card in the show notes Mm -hmm. on rocketjump.com. So if you want to take a look at it, you can find it there. I'm sure it'll be on Mythic Spoiler by now. It'll Um, also be
2: in our video, so you can see it there as well. We'll
1: probably plaster it on Twitter. So go ahead and follow us there. Go find it on YouTube. Check out the Rocket Jump page. Um, yeah. And those of you that are listening to the show for the first time, just because of the spoiler, hopefully you stick around, check out some of our other episodes. Yeah. Um,
2: we and... talk about EDH mostly. This is more of a catch up episode because there's just so much that has happened.
1: Yeah. This is not indicative of how our episodes normally go, but I'm having fun. I'm having fun too.
2: It's great talking about the, the, uh, the Havlans, you know, the Havlans, just and throwing it in there one more time. <laughs> even if you don't listen to the show all the time, let's make the Havlans happen. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm all about that. I really enjoy that name <laughs> quite a bit. Um... Yeah, that's 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 our card. Uh, thank you, Wizards of the Coast, for giving us another preview card. That's awesome. We had a card for C14. We had one for the last set, and we had one for this set. So Pretty I'm exciting. looking forward to our preview card now from Oath of the Gatewatch. Yeah. Uh, and if we're keeping with tradition, all of our cards have something to do with, like, mana cost seven or higher, usually. <laughs> yeah, they
1: know. They actually, for, for Magic Origins, they gave us the Great Aurora, and they said, I can't think of a more EDH card than this. Yep. Or they said Commander, I think. that's Wizards doesn't call it EDH. Um,
2: oh, we'll probably, hopefully, have the Commander product in between there, actually. That would be amazing. Actually, I think that might be something they do at the Community Cup as well, potentially, because oh, they have sweet. me and Staborski coming in, and we're both Commander people. So maybe we'll do some kind of I some hope so. related I hope so. So
1: another reason to watch the Community Cup, because maybe we get some Commander specific
2: info in there yeah we know wizards is, is uh is definitely uh, all about supporting that now yeah and, and i love seeing pictures of employees being like commander Knight because it's like their break away from you know like rigorous standard testing or modern and all that yeah really cool. the more wizards uh, people that
1: we talk to many many of them play commander and they definitely play in the building so it's something yeah. that's definitely
2: on their radar and they're supporting which is awesome super super awesome All right, ready for the end step? Let's talk about the end step. Something cool outside the world of magic. In this case, it is Asia. All of Asia. It's just a lot of it. Not all of it. But, well, I didn't go to China,
1: which is sort of maybe the biggest part of Asia, or India. China's I. Yeah. You have to
2: choose where you go in China, specifically.
1: Yeah, I'm going to do that. That's a trip. Japan's a trip. Australia's a trip. India's probably a trip. Um, But this one was Six Days in Seoul. That's the name of
2: a movie right there.
1: Six Days in Seoul. Yeah. Three days in, sorry, four days in Singapore. Nice. And then we took a cruise from Singapore where we stopped in Bangkok, Thailand, um, a place called Koh Samoy, Thailand. We went to uh, Cambodia, cool. uh, a town called Sihonikville. Ooh, um, nice. And then we went to Vietnam and we went to uh, Nha Chang and Ho Chi Minh City, uh, okay. also known as Saigon or as the locals call it, Shaigon.
2: Oh really, Shagon?
1: That's how they pronounce it. Um, That's cool. So I'm from Oregon, and I we pronounce it differently than a lot of the rest of the country. So Oregon, I, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> so and Oregon is correct. So I'm going to just assume that Shagon is correct because yeah, the people from the place right. know how to pronounce it. Yep. Um, awesome trip. I I can't talk about the whole thing. We we ate amazing food in all places. Guys
2: ate like, um, like kings and queens. Oh, my yeah. If gosh. you
1: followed my t- Twitter feed, then you. My feed basically turned into a food blog for like three weeks with a little no complaints here. Yeah, Um, so just to run that down really quick, Seoul has amazing fried chicken.
2: Yes, the best in the world, right?
1: It was incredible. I thought like I was like fried chicken. (laughs) I mean, you know, we're from the states. We got good fried chicken. Like down in the south, they got crazy for good.
2: No, Seoul will
1: give it a run for its money. The best places anywhere. It's crazy. It's more. It's I don't know the texture of the the way they fried. I think it's tempura. Mm -hmm. Uh, At least tempura um, influenced more. Super tasty. They have all these different sauces that go on it. and and It's so good. Um, Obviously, Korean barbecue there. uh, Very good. Singapore, though. Singapore was like best place in the world for food. A a few of our listeners had said that to me. and I was skeptical. I mean, I've eaten in... LA is a really good place for food. Vegas is a really good place for food. New York... Amazing place for food. I've been to Italy, known for food. Singapore blows them away. Jeez. It's not even close. They just have such a wide variety of different things, and they have their own fusion things. There's Malaysian food and Thai Mm -hmm. food and Chinese food, and Singapore has its own types of food. People have heard of things like chili crab. They have this thing that's called carrot cake, which I think is actually like... Not carrot cake, but no, it's like radish. <laughs> it's like fried radishes and eggs and stuff. I don't know what it is, Josh, but it's you're amazing. Killing me right now. This sounds uh, so chicken good. rice,
2: which is like your favorite. Oh yeah, I love chicken rice.
1: The maybe the best place in the states for chicken rice is actually near my house. It's a place called Savoy. Yeah, I've gone there a couple times. Not my favorite. I know you love
2: it. Yeah, I mean it's not it's. I can tell, like, if I had to give it a true grade, it'd be like a 7.5 out of 10, probably. But but in the States, it's
1: known as very, very good. The yeah. line's usually
2: out the door.
1: It's, like, the best place for chicken rice, mm-hmm. at least on the West Coast. I never loved it. I thought it was fine. Singapore chicken rice... Oh, I just blew out the microphone. <laughs> Singapore chicken rice
2: is amazing. I We were there... We were there for four days. I had it at least four times. Really? Oh, wow. You can tell us something's that good if you go back to it, even though you you want to try new stuff. You're like, no, that tastes. I mean, I would order something new and chicken rice because <laughs> I'm like, I
1: need some chicken rice because yeah. it's amazing. Uh, we had a, a, one of our listeners, uh, Shivam Bhatt, is Indian, and mm-hmm. he recommended this place called Banana Leaf Apollo. Which oh, you made it there? Yeah, which he said cool. was the best Indian food in the world. Nice. That's what he said. Now, I haven't eaten Indian food in a, in India or a in lot India, of yeah. places, so I can't say that, but it was the best Indian food I've ever had, and it was actually the best meal we had on the entire trip. Wow. It was a fish head curry. It, they serve your food on a banana leaf with no plates or anything. It doesn't leak. They just, it's just no, s- no silverware. So you just take everything, put it onto the banana leaf, and just eat it with your hands Holy in traditional crap. Indian style. A little bit through, we had to ask for silverware. I'm sorry. I'm not Indian, and I wasn't going to turn into in- an Indian person during that meal, <laughs> and it was just so messy. I couldn't figure out how to do it correctly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So,
2: but- Just so, for your mental health, you had to have a couple of- Also, I in. had like a little
1: cut on one of my fingers. Oh,
2: <laughs> you're dipping it into curry. <laughs> and it was spicy, and it was just like, every time I went to dip
1: it, it just hurt my hand so much that eventually I was like, I had to bite the bullet and be like- But yeah. your hand was like, this tastes delicious. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I got to
2: keep eating it, but ow. Yeah. um, That's incredible. Well, thanks, Siobhan. That's awesome
1: Yeah, Shivam, that was a really good recommendation. If you're ever in Singapore, Banana Leaf Apollo has to be on your list. Uh, We're getting kind of long here, so I'll I'll, I'll end with the highlight of the trip. Well, two things. One was I met up with a local EDH group in in Seoul that listens to the Command Zone. So I had been exchanging emails with a couple of listeners.
2: um, That is so freaking cool, And I actually
1: found, yeah, their LGS went down. Didn't have time to play, but I did meet with them. You know, I wanted to pick up some Korean uh, magic swag and uh, it was cool to meet those guys and watch yeah, them play awesome. and everything. So that was a lot of fun. And then the big highlight of the trip, everyone's been asking me, what was the single thing that was the biggest highlight of the mm-hmm. trip? And it, it was, was our... the sun. It was the brightest thing. in the... <laughs> no, <it's a> terrible <laughs> It planet. was hot as hell. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, we went in August and it was like 92 and 90% humidity every yep. day. That was brutal. The highlight of the trip was North Korea.
2: North Korea.
1: So we took a tour to North Korea. So you get on a bus and you go, and you go through all the stop checkpoints and everything, and you eventually get to what's called the Joint Security Area, Mm -hmm. which is the area where both um, nations, South Korea and North Korea, have buildings right near the border, and you can literally go up and cross into North Korea. There's a neutral buildings that are straddling the border between both countries. And you go inside one of the neutral buildings, and you can step into North Korea. Now, what made this... The highlight of the trip and something that was pretty crazy is that two days... No, one day before we took our tour, the North Koreans had allegedly sneaked across the border to South Korea and planted some landmines. And the South Korean soldiers on patrol had actually run into the landmines and a couple of them had died. What? So the South Koreans were really mad about this at this time. Of course you. Oh, my God. So in response to that, South Korea decides that they... What they have is on the border, all along the 150-mile border, or 150 kilometers, or whatever it is, they have these big banks of speakers, uh-huh. and these haven't been used in a decade. But what they used to do, the South Koreans, is they would blare propaganda across at the North Korean soldiers, and they would say things like, "Kim Jong Il, Kim Jong Un now, yeah. is you know a bad leader, and he's doing this stuff, and you yeah, should come yeah, defect, yeah, yeah. and if you defect, we'll give you a house and a car and a job, and you know, and they would." just blare this propaganda 24-7 at the North Koreans to try and get them to come over and defect. And if they didn't, it would still just drive them nuts because it's just loud stuff coming at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they had agreed to stop doing that about 10 years ago. Well, they started it up again because they were mad about this Whoa. landmine situation. So the North Koreans were mad about the propaganda s- machines. So we're there. The day after this mine explosion, Jeez, we step across on into north korea in one of these neutral buildings and the north koreans come marching out so the north korean soldiers come marching out they line up you know within one foot on their side of the border and they're staring in the windows of the building that we're in at us are we're with some south korean soldiers and they have a rule that they're not allowed if the north korean soldiers are there to take their eyes off the north korean soldiers so they all turn and they're death staring each other through the window and you're just out at the guys yeah and we're like what do we do and and we we have one american soldier with us who's our tour guide and he's like this doesn't happen very often <laughs> he's like i don't know you can take us some pictures so we got some pictures of the north korean soldiers <laughs> You
2: can take some pictures <laughs> so oh we, my gosh so i
1: got some sweet pictures of the north korean soldiers within in a death stare with the south korean soldiers wow what we call the rock soldiers the rok republic uh-huh. of korea that was pretty sweet so we go we leave the place the next day after we would left the tour, the North Koreans decided to launch a missile at the speakers <laughs> that were to shooting. Blow up the, the speakers? They want to blow up the speakers because they're tired. Ty- they don't want the propaganda. Yeah, yeah. The South Koreans see the missile coming. They fire artillery across the border at where the missile came from. Uh-huh. In response, North Korea mobilizes its army and starts to say that they're they're going to be on a wartime footing. Right, right. You know, and so there's all this crazy stuff going on. You know, we're watching the news every night, like is the North Korean army wow. mobilizing and whatever and freaking out? And then, of course, we're asking people in Seoul, like civilians, Koreans. And, and they're, they're
2: like, just
1: like, nah. This happens all the time. Don't worry about <laughs> it. <laughs> you know, we're like, we're from the States. This does
2: not happen. Yeah, this is beyond crazy. Yeah.
1: The other thing I should mention is that the bomb in Bangkok Yes. So there was an explosion in Bangkok. If you hadn't heard, at one of the Hindu temples, a very public, huge tragedy, tourist um, location as very, well, specifically very,
2: targeted towards foreigners. I think.
1: Yeah, it was very. It was a part of town that is the most sort of frequented by tourists. Uh, a, a bomb went off, blew up a temple. A lot of people were killed and injured. Big tragedy. And then the very next day, somebody threw a bomb on a bridge in Thailand, which is also another touristy area. Fortunately the bomb like bounced into the river and went off and nobody was hurt oh jeez but that was a second bomb attack in 2 days and when we went to bangkok only i think it was 4 or 5 days later we actually stayed in a hotel that was a block and a half from where that second bomb went off my god yeah luckily they caught i believe they caught the guy who they think set off the bomb mm-hmm. uh they caught another guy who was involved Anyway, that was
2: after we left. Oh, my God.
1: Yeah, it was a lot of scary stuff going on while we were there. Um, luckily, nothing happened to us, and it was great. Yeah, I'm lucky.
2: You're going to pull all the expeditions
1: after that. <laughs> Holy crap, dude. No, no. I used all my luck. Now
2: you oh, can use all okay. the expeditions. Yeah, sure, yeah. sure. Yeah, while you regain your HP, your luck HP. Yeah, for sure. Holy moly, dude. That is that's unbelievable
1: yeah pretty cool so i mean not cool that all that stuff happens
2: (laughs) story yeah that isn't that's the trip itself
1: was cool um yeah but a lot of stuff was happening around it which made it pretty intense right um for sure yeah stuff we'll never forget i i would be remiss in also saying that uh vietnam uh the pho soup Mm. was as amazing as you think it would be uh and the banh mi sandwiches oh gosh were a million times better than what we have over here, and I have a bond me place like every block in my neighborhood. For sure,
2: yeah, yeah that makes and they also sense cost like eighty nine cents. So yeah, the conversion rate's pretty good over in Asia. It's pretty good. Every time I went to China, I'd be like lunch costs fifty cents today, and I was like, yeah, that's a pretty good deal. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty amazing, and the dollar's strong right now. So well, that's amazing. Your trip sounded like it's fantastic. I'm actually going to Bali in uh, December with my parents, so Very I'm excited. To, to How sample. long? For a week and then Hong Kong for a week. So we're going to eat like kings and queens. Hopefully. That's
1: right. Those are two awesome places. Make sure you have Chili Crab in Bali. Here. Chili Crab? Okay. Yeah. I'll
2: make sure I'll tell my mom that. She is a big foodie. So. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I have met your parents at a restaurant that's my favorite restaurant in LA, Oh, that's right. So. Yeah. And they, they let, my mom loved it. So she, she, she agrees. She may trust me? Yeah. She totally trusts you. Yeah, All right. And she's <laughs> very, I mean, just my mom. She's very like, no. She knows
1: because we went to that restaurant and she was literally like tasting stuff and going like, this is what's in it.
2: Yeah yeah (laughs) stuff that i'd eaten a thousand times i was like really it has taro she's like yeah this part i'm like wow yeah your mom knows her (laughs) stuff yeah that's awesome man that's fantastic i'm glad you're safe and sound i'm glad you're back in the united states uh and not um i don't know on the side of a road somewhere in the north korean border (laughs) yeesh some intense stuff out there guys um that was cool you got to go to the lgs as well in korea very cool korean cards are actually like there were some of the more expensive uh rare sort of foreign cards or Korean cards and, and um, Japanese uh, Japanese and, and Russian the Asian cards. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, the Korean cards are pretty rare too. I learned they don't make a lot of them. Mm-hmm. A lot of the product that gets released is not available in Korean at all. Oh really? Um, yeah. Things like that. So cool. But don't worry. I got you some.
2: Oh sweet. I'm very excited. I got you something too. Oh, it's not Korean. Oh, <laughs> all right. Let's move on to the cleanup step. Make sure you guys check out our sister podcast, the masters of modern Ben Bateman, Alex Kessler, Talk about modern. They've had some amazing guests on recently. Tom mm-hmm. was just on talking about uh, the design, of magic over the years and stuff. Um, yeah, check it out. Patrick Chaven was on recently too. You can find them at the MM cast on Twitter and also uh, rocketjump.com slash the MM cast, and you can listen to their podcast there.
1: Our editor is Eli Cuevas, and special thanks to Jeffrey Palmer for the Living Card animations. You can find him at Living Cards M T G. Oh, also
2: I should mention uh many thanks to the to everyone that's emailed us these past few weeks. You guys uh we Oh yeah, all was, the
1: Mingo Malingo cards yeah. that everybody <laughs> sent us,
2: that was awesome. We can't get to everyone's emails just because we have a bunch of deck directors coming in at the same time, but we do try and read all of them and we appreciate all this stuff that you guys send in um, someday we'll we'll start going through and clearing all that stuff out as well um, dan Locke, who also sent josh all those cool tokens also sent me this really cool uh you can hear it, it's a, a a custom 3d life counter yeah he made it out of of course some mountains yeah from origins and it looks really cool there's all these layers and stuff it this thing is awesome i'm really excited to start using this yeah pretty
1: pretty sweet dan you you're awesome yeah you're awesome. making cool stuff we have some great fans yeah we 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 really really incredibly
2: awesome dedicated fans and you guys help make this show better so always many thanks to you guys for being there
1: i will also say uh comments on rocket jump and youtube and everything we've probably been a little light on responding because i've been gone so Mm -hmm. half of our responding team has been gone so we've probably responded to only half as much stuff for that i apologize but we'll be back on the rails now yep back on rails
2: That sounds bad, like we just can't do anything but stay yeah. on like, oh. Uh, oh, and uh, after having said that, we should say there's only going to be one episode this week. Oh, yes. If you guys are still listening, I bet a lot of people tune now as soon as they hear, like, I hope listen they to do. our sister podcast. Yeah.
1: All right. So, if you're still listening, <laughs> I mean, we should just give them, like, another 30 seconds of content just because thank you for listening.
2: Yeah, thank you for sticking around all the time. Hey, maybe this happens in more episodes. You guys have to go back and listen. Actually, no, this is the first We're time. like those
1: uh, little spoiler uh, scenes after Marvel movies. yeah. Yeah, yeah,
2: we're the uh, post-credit scene. Who's gonna be Thanos? Um, I don't know. I think you're Thanos. I am. Yeah. Okay. You look more like Thanos to Do me. You have like you're, a bigger chin. Yeah, you got a giant chin. You're, is it Josh Brolin? Who is it? I don't know who plays Thanos. I think it's Josh Brolin. Yeah, I'm you not sure. Jo- Josh, there you go. Oh, That's there why. you go. Who That's does that why. make you? Uh, James Jimmy, I am. I'm Quicksilver, I guess. I don't know. He was in the post-credit scene. <laughs> He's dead now, though. Spoilers. Oh, God. You get extra content and spoilers. Not the right kind of spoilers.
1: Sorry if you haven't seen um, (laughs) Ant-Man. Don't worry. I covered it. It's good. Good good call. Good call. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. That was way more than 30 seconds. (laughs) So you got more than your money's worth. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. And we will see you next week. Peace. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries,
0: send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at J.F. Wong and at Josh Lee Quai. See you later, alligator.
1: Greetings, humans.
0: <laughs> you can host the best backyard barbecue. You find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around.